Good evening, grave robbers, and welcome back to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Lara Prince and Noah Houlihan. We've come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should just stay doomed. This is a podcast in which we'll analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season, only one episode, or, in a very certain time of the year, Razimonth! Razimonth! With me, as always, is Film Snowman? Starlight, star bright, first old man mumble. We are doing Pinocchio. I, I was going to let you finish. I wasn't sure how much old man mumbling you had to do. <laughs> no, that was all of it. We are doing Pinocchio. Yes. With uh, Tom Hanks. Yes, Disney's Pinocchio. Yes, not Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Which is up not, for an Oscar. And not that third one. There was like a third lesser known one. There were three Pinocchios this year. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, this is the Disney one. Not the Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro and not the... Third one. And not the Jonathan Taylor Thomas one, and not the Drew Carey one. And certainly not the 1940 classic. No, certainly not. So this will be our first film here, our first film stop here in uh, the the movie mausoleum here for Razzie Month. So let's get started and let's pour one out. All right, what do you have there? All right, so I have, uh, I started with a mason jar because Jiminy Cricket is trapped in a mason jar for much of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it is a root beer uh, base for the root beer that they have over uh, in Temptation Island or, or Pleasure Island or whatever they call it. And then I added some Jim Bean Devil's Cut because that is the rum that is actually extracted from the wooden barrels, so the wood of Pinocchio. And then I've garnished it with sugar on top of the rim, like the sugar mountain that they also uh, ride down in uh, Pleasure Island. Okay, so two things. And I I call it uh, the growing nose. Uh, Two things. Okay. Jim Beam is not a rum. It's a whiskey. You called it a rum. I meant to say a whiskey. And one, that's a can of beer. No, it isn't. That's a, it's a fine beer. Is my nose growing? (laughs) You're welcome for the extra ASMR. Yeah. I'm having a nugget nectar. (laughs) I had to bring my nose back. I'm really excited about mine. Yeah, what do you have there? I have the Blue Fairy. Okay. It is a a blue curacao, Mm -hmm. champagne, and potentially too much edible glitter. Edible glitter. So, you want to try it? Sure. A little bit. A little bit of the bubbly. Take a tiny sip of it, because there's a lot of glitter on top. I'm a little concerned about how much glitter I put in it. (laughs) That's blue. There's almost like a cotton candy quality to it. Yeah, I don't love it. <laughs> um, you were so excited by it. Yeah, uh, the it, they just don't mix well. Blue Curacao, I just didn't want to put food coloring in it. Yeah. I just don't love it. It's 
It's really pretty, though, It guys. is very pretty. It I probably pretty. won't drink much of it, but I also have a mug full of soda from... I have a mug full of root beer, <laughs> like Pleasure Island. There you go. So, uh, I had diet root beer with dinner, and uh, I didn't finish it. So, let's get into this, because we run into problems immediately. Yeah, the first thing we see is the classic Cinderella Castle... Uh, Disney logo with the the strains of When You Wish Upon a Star. And then hideous CGI Jiminy Cricket immediately comes down through the frame and defiles it. Yeah, I don't know if I was ju- just like not ready for a redesign of Jiminy Cricket because the Pinocchio in this looks so much like 1940s Pinocchio. But this Jiminy Cricket is hideous and looks like a luchador. He looks like he's wearing a luchador mask. And I don't know if it's just that Jiminy Cricket's... Because he doesn't... Because I I tried. I don't know if it's that his character design just doesn't quite work in 3D. Well, here's the thing, in my opinion, is you took a cartoon character and then made him look like a realistic bug. And you know what? Most people don't like bugs. Yeah, (laughs) he's got some, like, James and the Giant Peach vibes. Yeah, and you know what? That It worked in that because there was, like, an element of the grotesque in James and the Giant Peach. They were supposed to be unsettling. Yeah. Jiminy Cricket is supposed to be magical? (laughs) Like, there's supposed to be something endearing about him, and in this, he just feels wrong. And, like, it's really interesting... Because for my for my Once Upon a Time fans, think of how Once Upon a Time Jiminy Cricket looked. And I'm, I'm going to turn around my computer and show Noah. Okay, I'm being shown uh, the cricket from Once Upon a Time. And he is Jiminy Cricket. He is Jiminy Cricket? Okay. Because Once Upon a Time got real fast and loose with, like, Disney stuff. So I will say... He still looks like a luchador. (laughs) I think it's just the shape of a bug face. But it's more of like... This is the strangest way to put this. There's something magical about that because that looks like a cricket wearing tiny human clothing. While Jiminy Cricket in this movie looks like he's wearing clothing. Not meant for a human, not tiny, but like cricket clothing. That's, like, meant for him. Yeah. Uh, I see that. I To me, it does look a lot like the regular design of Jiminy Cricket. It's got Beauty and the Beast syndrome, though. When you move something into 3D, you end up having to add more detail to make it look realistic. Mm. And those extra details weigh down the design of a character. Yeah. Uh, this was a big problem I had with the live-action Beauty and the Beast. Have you seen... The live-action Beauty and the Beast? I have not. Uh, the enchanted objects are best described as ugly. Yeah, they're all shiny, which I think is bold of them to try to do shine in 3D. But there's like always like a, a glossiness to them, which is like a falseness to them. But they're also just... Here. I'm being shown... Yeah, the, they're not great. I really, really hate Lumiere. Yeah, Lumiere, I think, is actually the worst... But to create something that looks realistic in our world, you add certain details to it. And I think adding those details 
makes the character lose a lot of charm. Yeah. And because Pinocchio is still supposed to look kind of handmade, he retains a lot of his charm. Yeah. Because he's supposed to look like something Geppetto could have painted and carved. So, uh, also Jiminy Cricket's gloves don't read right, and it looks like he has terrifying little human hands. Yes. So in this first scene, Jiminy Cricket is narrating the beginning of this story. And the beginning of the story is Jiminy Cricket... The character stumbling upon Geppetto's home. So the narrator, Jiminy Cricket, is commenting on the character, Jiminy Cricket, and Jiminy Cricket, the character, can hear Jiminy Cricket, the narrator, and they have like an argument. Just keep walking. You'll find out. (laughs) Some storyteller you are. It's very meta. It's supposed to be this like meta humor joke. However... Jiminy Cricket does not narrate the rest of the film. No, they drop that premise immediately. Like, there's not a part where, like, Jiminy Cricket, the character, and Pinocchio get separated, but Jiminy Cricket's still doing voiceover. Nope. That doesn't happen. It's just... it. This scene exists to make this joke, and it's not a good one. So we are off to the races with this being just dumb and stupid. Both dumb and stupid. So Jiminy Cricket finds a little village and a little house that we know is going to be Geppetto's. And we see Geppetto, and it's Tom Hanks, and he's old and sad. Yes. And he mutters under his breath a lot, and then he says, more than a memory. I'm like, that's a good Carly Rae Jepsen song. Yo, remember when Tom Hanks was in the I really, 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 really like you video? Mm-hmm. That was good. Wish we'd watch that instead. I'm just impressed that you were able to understand anything Tom Hanks said in this movie. Because all that came out for me... <laughs> is crazy old man gibberish. Lord, so young. Songs unsung. Oh, what might have been? He's just like, uh, uh, my clocks. Uh, uh, I guess uh, I wish I had a uh, and He's like, he's like a Doc Brown on NyQuil. Uh, we gotta go back, Morty. Uh, 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 so we also see Figaro and Cleo. They're both CGI. Yes. Uh, Figaro's the cat. Cleo's the fish. They're both CGI. Yes. Cleo looks a lot like Cleo in the animated film. Yes. And it works. And also it's hard to train a fish. Yeah. Figaro doesn't speak. Like, Figaro's not a speaking animal. Right. Figaro could have been a cat. Yeah, Figaro will not do anything in this movie that realistically a cat couldn't have done. And at this point, I think to look up who the voice actor for Jiminy Cricket is. Because I was like, he sounds a lot like animated Jiminy Cricket. Is it the voice? My first thought was, is it the voice actor that's been doing it for Disney for a while? This blew my mind. It's not. It's Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yes, from... Inception. Inception. And Don John. And premium Rush fame. <laughs> and so I, I, I'm i floored by this, but that's that's something fun to think about. And someone creepy knocks the window as uh, Geppetto is sad muttering. Yes. And he curtains off part of his bed because it's like an old shop where like he clearly lives in the shop. Mm-hmm. And this dude comes in after closing, because it's 6.04, they close at 6. 
Yeah. To demand something that's not for sale. He's trying to demand a, cl- a cuckoo clock. Yeah, it's like, please sell me your cuckoo clock. I need it. It's just so beautiful. Geppetto's like... <laughs> and the guy's like, please. And the guy goes, if you can't sell your clocks, why have a shop? And Geppetto says, I'm an old man. I can't. It's special to me. <laughs> no, that's more than he says. You know what he says? Like Facebook... It's complicated. He doesn't say like Facebook. He doesn't oh, say like I Facebook. I was about to say, no, he freaking doesn't. <laughs> but he says it's complicated. I totally would have believed you because I couldn't understand Tom Hanks this <laughs> entire film. Oh, God. So <laughs> this guy is like, come on, Geppetto, please. And he's like, sorry, I can't. I can't. I can't. And then he strolls out. And that's a picture wrap on this guy. Yeah. Like, we never see him again. It totally felt like the first scene of dialogue, other than Jiminy Cricket and Jiminy Cricket, <laughs> that something important would happen. All we really establish is Geppetto's a weird old man. Yeah. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, and he also mutters under his breath about Cristanza, and we see a portrait of a little boy. Yes. So I'm like, oh, he's grieving the loss of his wife and son. Guys, if you miss that in this scene, don't worry. It never comes up. It never comes up again. There's like one kind of illusion that I'm going to talk about in detail in a moment. But in this version, Geppetto is lost of of a family. He used to have a family. He's not just a lonely old man. He is a, a, a grieving widower. And then he makes uh, a doll. He makes this, like, marionette uh, that I, I believe I hear him old man mutter, you look like a real doll. Yeah, I and think I he's like, trying to say you look like a real boy. I was like, what did you just say? <laughs> uh, and it's, it's, of course, Pinocchio uh, because he's made of pine and oak. Yeah. Pinocchio. Pinocchio. But only ever Pine ever gets brought up again. Yeah. Uh, We should also mention uh, that at some point his clocks go off. Yes. And and they just beat us over the head with Easter eggs. All the cuckoo clocks are Disney films. Roger Rabbit, Sleeping Beauty, Donald Duck, and uh, Woody from Toy Story in the first round. Yeah, this will happen twice. But in the first round, Woody from Toy Story comes out, like, riding... Uh, Bullseye. Bullseye. And that would have been fine if that was, like, the only one. But then, like, you see Jessica Rabbit and uh, Roger Rabbit kissing. So in this universe, there's just a bestiality clock yep. on the wall of this shop. Perhaps that's the one the guy wanted. Maybe. Because he furry. But to to see all of it, like, it's fun to find something hidden in a film. But, like, this is so blunt, it's almost, like, annoying. Yeah, because Disney used to do this in their animated films. Uh, Good examples include, you can see Belle during the out there sequence. Yes. And it's blink and you miss it. You just see a woman in a blue dress that you're like, oh, that's mm. Belle. Belle. Leading to a really interesting fan theory that the events of Hunchback of Notre Dame 
are what lead Belle and her father to the poor provincial town that is Beauty and the Beast. That's real fun. That's a fun fan theory. Yeah. Uh, Hercules wearing Scar. Yes. Uh, what was the other one? Uh, Rapunzel showing up to uh, the party at Frunzel, at Frozen. In oh, yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aladdin. The other, the beast appears as one of the toys the Sultan plays with. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is a pretty common bit that was done in uh, in Disney films. This is the most ham-handed one I've ever yeah, seen. This one is frustrating, and it happens again later. So Geppetto's playing with the puppet. Yes. And chasing Figaro, Figaro around with it. Yeah. Like, ah, don't you like it? Don't you like my doll? I'm a crazy old man. And I'm annoyed at this point. And I'm like, this is the only thing that loves you currently. <laughs> yeah, what the hell are you doing? I hate Geppetto. I hate him. I hate Geppetto at this point. Because he's not a good person and a terrible shop owner. He's just awful in every way. Uh, and then he, like, mumbles out a prayer. Yeah, he also pokes the goldfish repeatedly. I'm, oh, yeah, like, annoyed with the... it. You shouldn't poke your goldfish, you weird old man, is my like, next note. Like, I knew a kid that, like, wanted to pet his goldfish, so he took it out of the bowl and then it died. Like, I think we all know that kid that that happened to. Yeah. So to watch this old man do it, it's just like, oh, Geppetto, come on now. Like, sir, you... Pet the cat that you've terrified. Right? Ugh. What happens next is he says a prayer, like he's like he's praying, but he's, he's just looking at a star. Yeah. And he's like, starlight, star bright, first star... Oh, right, we're not doing the songs. And it just kind of stops. Like, it's really frustrating when you are watching a film called Disney's Pinocchio. They opened the movie with the first couple strings of When He Was a Cabano Star. Tom Hanks starts to say it and they're just like, oh, right, right. I'm just going to go to bed now. Yeah. And so you never, like, hear his wish. No, like don't. He just kind of mutters and goes to bed. Yes. A blue beam of light <laughs> comes out of the sky, hits the picture of his son. Yes. Which, like, which wasn't even like a photograph. It was like a drawing, I think? Yeah, it was son. a portrait. It was I like mean, a portrait. It was, this isn't a time that we can assume photographs were not common. Yeah reflects off of it and hits the Pinocchio puppet. Yes. And scares the crap out of Jiminy Cricket. Yeah, Jiminy Cricket, who, I must say, has already at one point, during Geppetto's, like, madness, just looked a camera like, I, I know, right? I can't believe this is happening either. Yeah. So, he then comes to life. Yeah. <laughs> you, said, you said that like you were so surprised. Yeah. Like, get this. The, no. pup, the puppet in Pinocchio. No, I just know it's a foregone conclusion, but we have to mention it. Yeah. And he plays the little kid repeat game with Jeremy Cricket. Jim, Jeremy Cricket. Jiminy Cricket. Yes. He just doesn't understand anything. So, he's just kind of like, 
repeat everything that's being said because he, his brain's not very good. Yeah. Because he's new. And then he falls over and tangles himself up in the strings. Uh, and the blue fairy then rolls up. And... Okay. So, I have notes on the blue fairy. Okay. One, her... So do I, but you can go first. Her dress kicks ass. It does. It's Cynthia Erivo, who is an incredibly gifted actress. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then, he plays the repeaty game with her. Yeah. And she grants him she grants him consciousness. And like grants him a brain. Mm-hmm. And then like they talk about the name Pinocchio. Alright, did what do you, like before I get into more about her, what did you want to say? Uh w- during that moment where she's just like like the repeating things happening, she goes, Oh, I get what's going on here. Let me fix you. Yeah. So clearly whatever the beam of light was Brought him to life, but not really well. Yeah, she kind of mentions that something went wrong with like, the oh. wish. And then she's kind of like, wait a minute, what's going on here? And Jiminy Cricket's like, this is a puppet. It just came to life suddenly. And, it's like, and she goes, a puppet? How strange. I was like, wait a minute, who did this then? Like, if you... If you rolled up into this situation unaware that a puppet had been turned to, like, alive, does that mean you didn't do it? Was that some other magic? How are you... Why do you need recon for this situation? (laughs) You're the fairy! And then... She... She has a line, There are other ways to make a boy. And I went, yo! Did I just ruin everything when I yelled yo? No, it's fine. But she's like, there are other ways to make a boy. And Jiminy says... Well, sure, there are other ways to make a boy, but I don't think Geppetto gets out much. And I guess it's the best he could do with the tools he's got. He had a wife! Well, he doesn't... He had a son! (laughs) Like... (laughs) A fairy and a cricket voiced by Robin from The Dark Knight Rises have a discussion about how this old man should have gotten laid so that they wouldn't have to deal with this situation. Yeah. It's a real thing. So then she speaks in rhyme for way too long. And like, little puppet made of pine, wake the gift of life is thine. Mm Mm-hmm is what the Blue Fairy says in the original film when she brings the puppet to life at all. Right. Like, not fixing it later. Mm Mm-hmm. Before she says that in the original film, Pinocchio is still inanimate. Right. Also, she speaks in rhyme for much longer, and then I start to get angry. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I mentioned that Cynthia Erivo is a talented actress. She's also an incredible singer. Right. She's won a Tony for Best Actress in a Musical. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, give her a song, you idiots. You... This is right up there with how Frozen didn't give Jonathan Groff a song. Well, she will eventually say. Yeah, but I didn't know that in my notes yet, so I'm screaming. Uh, so the Blue Fairy then calls Jiminy Cricket out for being a lazy scrub, which right. I love. And I use scrub on purpose because she essentially, like, it's a paraphrased time-appropriate version of No Scrubs. Mm-hmm. And appoints him Pinocchio's conscience. And he goes, 
temporary conscience. Yeah. Because unlike the movie, like the original movie, Jiminy Cricket's like not real cool with this. No. He's more of a vagabond in this one. Yeah, he's like a hobo. (laughs) Yeah. And he gets a nice fancy suit. And now we get her singing some of When You Wish Upon a Star. Mm -hmm. Not all of it. Yeah. Like the big parts. Uh, Chills. It's easily the best part of the film. Yeah. Uh, Because she's incredible. Her dress is cool. She sings. No notes. And then she nopes out. And the door latches behind her as she leaves. And Tom Hanks wakes up. Despite the fact that there's been like some ruckus and a woman full full on singing in his house. Mm -hmm. He wakes up when the door latches behind her. I need to talk about the implications of this scene. Okay. Okay? Based on the evidence we were given. All right? The Blue Fairy made Pinocchio smart. Yes. She did not give him life. The star did. Yes. Okay? So I want to understand that the implications are magic took place with the star. And then if the Blue Fairy also didn't just happen to show up, there would be a stupid Pinocchio that would have the brain power of a yak back. And and that's it. But luckily the Blue Fairy's there to also clean up the mess that the star left. Yes. It's also very important to bring up the fact that the beam of light comes out and reflects off the portrait of his son. Is Pinocchio the reincarnated soul of his son? I don't know. Is that what we're supposed to believe? I'm not sure. That Geppetto wanted a son so much that they plucked his soul out of heaven and condemned it to a puppet? I don't know. Right, but... But you know it's possible. You know it's possible that that is the intent of the film. To tell that story. Hiya, Pops. (laughs) He calls him Pops, which maybe like... uh, You know what movies usually don't need, but this one kind of did if they were going to try to do this? Mm -hmm. It should have started with some kind of flashback. Or had some kind of flashback. For us to care about Geppetto more? Because God do I hate him. So, uh, all the clocks get set off when Geppetto wakes up, and we find Snow White and the Lion King clocks, and I'm angry. I write, oh, they really thought they did something here. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Rafiki holding Simba up, and... Snow White getting the apple and dropping dead. And dying, yeah. Uh, and then Geppetto gets, like, a dumb little song about Pinocchio, meaning Tom Hanks gets more songs in this film than Cynthia Erivo. That's some bullshit. Tom Hanks gets more... He does? He got two, because he got the one at the beginning, and then this one, and Cynthia Erivo only gets when you wish upon a star. You're right. You're right. You're right. So we get a montage of their happy little family growing close and, like, him with Pinocchio. Mm -hmm. And then the next scene, Geppetto goes, well, I guess it's time for you to go to school. Yes. Which, to me, felt like... He's had Pinocchio for a full day and is immediately like, Oh, I'm tired. Oh, my clocks. You have to go to school. And then he lets Pinocchio...
Pinocchio walk to school by himself? He doesn't call the school. He doesn't inform the school that a new child is coming. He just gives him a backpack and an apple for for the the teacher. teacher and wishes him the best of luck. Doesn't walk into school. No. It's like, just go, all right? You just you just go. There's also a seagull for some reason. Yes. Uh, but, like, I had a moment where my first thought is I couldn't walk to school alone when I was... If I, if I was a child at the age Pinocchio was presented as, I was not walking to school alone. Yes. He's presented as what? Eight? I was going to say six or seven. Six like, or seven? young. In reality, he's a day old. Right. <laughs> but, like, at five, six, seven, I was not permitted to walk to school alone. Mm. And when you see all of the other children walking to school... Did you see the other children and what they had in common? They were taller. No, they're all holding on to a rope together. Yes. Like, to kind of all stay together. Mm-hmm. So the real children who've had life experience are not mature enough to walk to school by themselves. So this day-old puppet sure isn't. And then Pinocchio is told dinner's at the stroke of five. And he has a hard time letting go of Pinocchio's hand to let him go. Mm-hmm. Then walk him to school, you old man. You don't have to let him go. He's not going to go up for truancy. (laughs) He's made of wood. Like, no one... He doesn't have a social security number. Nobody knows he exists. He could just, like, hang out and play catch with you in your weird clock house. Mm Mm-hmm. Figaro sees the chance to escape, it almost does. And then Geppetto turns over his trash can to feed Sophia, a large seagull who eats his trash. And as soon as he goes inside, it turns out the seagull talks. Yes. Jiminy Cricket has slept through the scene. Yeah. This is the first conflict of the movie. Is Jiminy Cricket, on his first day of work, didn't go to school with Pinocchio. (laughs) So, uh, he asks the seagull, who can talk, to fly him to the school. So he can help Pinocchio. Uh, I would say at this point... Since Jiminy can talk and the seagull can talk, the fa- fact that the fish and the cat never do is weird. It's Agre- like a Pluto situation. Agreed. Now, I will say the seagull only speaks when Geppetto is not present. The seagull never speaks to right, Geppetto. Right. We don't see Figaro and Cleo without Geppetto. Yeah, I guess, I guess that's it's implied true. that they very well could speak. Mm hmm. If he was not present. I just, I would have loved a a Figaro scene just with him and Jiminy where he's having a cigarette like, this this old man chases me around. This is the fourth puppet he's brought to life. They all die on the way to school. (laughs) He just, he's he's a dumb old man. So, uh, Sophia offers to give Jiminy Cricket a ride. Mm Mm-hmm. To school, because he's light and can fit on her back. He's worried that she's going to eat him. And he's, she's like, no, I like trash. And I was like, best character in the film. And I was like, uh, she's the most relatable character in the film. The best character is the Blue Fairy. Mm-hmm. She's a close second. And then we meet Gideon and Honest John. Hi, diddly dee. I'm Keegan Michael Key. Well done. Great. <laughs> Way to take that hand off. Uh, Pinocchio, it must be said, drops the apple in poop. Yes! 
This is so important to me. Is that while Pinocchio is walking around, he just finds horse poop and just drops his apple into it. Yeah. And then the I I only have the name Dandy Fox. What's his actual name? Honest John. Honest John is like, oh my gosh, a living puppet. We could sell him. Let's go manipulate him. Yeah. So he goes to manipulate him with his cat sidekick who also never talks. Yes. Gideon. Maybe, maybe cats just don't talk. Uh, he's just like, oh, you don't need to go to school. You need to be famous. Isn't it much better to be famous? Think of all the good things you could do for your father. And then he takes... Pinocchio's apple and eats it. And I go, no, Mr. Fox. It's got poop on it. You're eating poop. The fox eats poop. Merry Christmas, everyone. Remember that from the Grinch? He also does like 3,000 weird wannabe Animaniacs meta jokes. Like they remind me of Jokes in the 1990s Animaniacs, but not very good. So, Pinocchio then, like, agrees to go to school with Jiminy Cricket. Because Jiminy finds him and is like, yo, school. And Pinocchio's like, okay. Uh, And he's like, but his name was Honest John. And Jiminy goes, if somebody tells you they're honest, they're not. Like, dummy. And so Pinocchio goes into the school. Jiminy's like, no, I will get crushed. I am a bug. And then Jiminy, like, breaks the fourth wall and talks to us for a little bit. Yeah. But what he says is clearly not important enough for me to have written down or remembered. There's a lot of, like, weird showbiz bits. Yeah. Where it's like, you don't want to get mixed up in showbiz, especially not with an agent. Like, they're definitely aiming over the kids' heads and are trying to get, like, adult jokes in there. But they're aimed at, like, friend. Like, it's, it's almost like an inside joke. And it's just like, well, as someone who's not in films, I don't understand these bits. <laughs> and so Pinocchio gets drop kicked out of school by the headmaster immediately, saying puppets belong at a puppet show. Yeah. It bothers me that the teacher doesn't really find it weird. He's just racist against puppets. Yeah. It's not like, ah, it's possessed. It's just like, oh, I'm not I'm not putting up with this living puppet again. <laughs> and kicks it out. Like, perhaps this is the fourth child that Geppetto has sent to school. Pinocchio gets picked up by Gideon and Honest John, and Gideon covers Jiminy with a mason jar in the gravel road. Yes. And they take him to Stromboli. Yes. Who's the puppet show owner. Then we cut to 5 p.m. rolling around and Geppetto flips out. Yeah. Pinocchio should be home by now. Can Pinocchio tell time? Has it occurred to you that, like, (laughs) if he's supposed to get out of school at 3 and he wasn't home by 4, would you be like, I should probably look for my dumb puppet? Yeah. Like, he's never been outside of your house before. And he tries to give him, like, weird, crappy directions before he leaves for school. Like, we're the second street after the fountain. He doesn't know how numbers work. Yeah. Does he know second is two? He hasn't gone to school yet. It's, oh, it's so annoying. So we see Stromboli. And Stromboli 
sort of looks like Jim Broadbent in Moulin Rouge. Yes, very similar. So then, I have a note. Stromboli looks like something Moulin Rouge coughed up. No, wait. Satine's tuberculosis is what Moulin Rouge coughed up. Yes. And I'm telling you that. And then I applauded Laura as she sat next to me. I was really proud of that joke. And then uh, we meet another puppeteer in Stromboli's show, uh, Fabiana. Yes. She's a kind young woman, and she has an injured leg that's in like a very steampunky contraption that enables her to walk. And she has a ballerina puppet named Sabina, and she tells Pinocchio to break a leg right before uh, I've Got No Strings. I, I have to talk about the line where she says, uh, you're sweet. And Pinocchio says, no, I'm Pinocchio. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, it's a living, breathing dad joke. Just walking around. I hate this. <laughs> also, not living or breathing. <laughs> Just a puppet. So. We, we then see a... Uh, a puppet show take place. Yes. Where Pinocchio's kind of like dancing around because he's got no strings to hold him down. It's a reference to uh, Ultron. There are no strings on me. Such a dork. As he's doing this, actual puppets are, are being used to like dance around, actual like marionettes. Yeah. Uh, the truth is, though, it is not actual marionettes. They are also CGI. So I just wrote down, man, Jim Henson would hate this. Yes. Just the idea that, like, puppets are a thing that exists in reality that you can do this with. And when you do that, it's impressive. And it would have cost less money. Yes. And, like, I would have been impressed if you actually used puppets here. Yeah. And then you could actually have the whole thing, like... There's something different about Pinocchio because he's not actually a puppet. But the fact that the the puppets are as real as Pinocchio is in the film, there's just, it just doesn't work. <laughs> I'm just like fading away right now. I'm so frustrated with this film. It's just like every choice they're making is wrong for how to make a film. So... Pinocchio falls on his face and gets his nose stuck in the floorboard. Yes. And there's a moment where everybody kind of laughs at him and it's awkward and he's flopping. And then the ballerina puppet Sabina dances by, jumps on the floorboard and knocks it off his face. Mm -hmm. And we get, this is Fabiana helping him out. Yes. So then he does, I got no strings, dances and his feet go, but so fast he turns into Michael Flatley. Yes. That's a Feet of Flames reference for those of you who are river dance aficionados. Yes, which one of our patrons is. So that was for you. There you go. And then the audience makes it hail. Yes, they just throw coins at him. And uh, what's his name? Stromboli. Stromboli is just like making sure he gets all the coins. Yes. And Pinocchio has, like, really helped uh, Stromboli here. He's making lots of money. And Pinocchio tries to, like, visit Sabina. Yes. Who, despite her leg, is still able to do ballerina. Fabiana. Sabina is the puppet. Fabiana. (laughs) 
<laughs> Fabiana is still able to do like ballerina stuff. And Pinocchio's just kind of like watching her do things. She's, you know, playing with her puppet and she's doing ballerina things. And Stromboli's like, what's going on in here? Grabs Pinocchio and throws him in a cage for literally no reason. Like, there's no reason for Stromboli to be a dick to Pinocchio. Yeah, like, it really, because Fabiana is dancing to her music box, talks to Pinocchio a little bit, and then dances with Pinocchio using the puppet in something that... I would think would be a good act. Exactly. <laughs> he gets thrown in the cage and we see Geppetto running around the town looking for Pinocchio with Figaro and Cleo. Yeah, it's like, uh, Pinocchio's missing. I should take my fish with me. Yeah. I hate Geppetto. <laughs> Yeah, my note here is, why did this man bring his whole ash fishbowl while he looks for his son? Mm -hmm. It's really going to throw off the pH of his tank because it's raining. And also, cats don't like being wet, so Figaro's probably not having a great time. So, Pinocchio's in the cage. Fabiana climbs on top of the wagon and tries to help. While Jiminy Cricket's pitying himself that he's going to starve while in the mason jar. Yeah, because he's in the mason jar. Until the wagon starts to move. Yeah. Kicks up gravel and knocks the jar off Jiminy Cricket. Yes. And he escapes and he and Pinocchio reunite. Mm Mm-hmm. So then they kind of catch up and we get the iconic scene where Pinocchio lies. I'm going to get so frustrated. All right, go on. no, 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 go ahead and continue. So he lies about school and his fame and his nose grows a lot. Mm hmm And... He realizes that his nose has almost gotten Jiminy Cricket, who has been standing on his nose, and then it grows with him on it, toward the key that would unlock the cage. So then Pinocchio tells a lie on purpose to get Jiminy Cricket the rest of the way to the key. Mm -hmm. Which they then use to unlock the cage. Yes. And he escapes. Yes. Yep. This will be the only time in the film... Where Pinocchio's nose grows. Yes. The idea in the original story is when you lie, something bad happens. Your nose grows. And it's supposed to be this morality thing of if you lie to your parents, something bad will happen and your parents can tell. So there's no point in lying to your parents because they can tell because your nose is growing. That's like the, the message. When Pinocchio lies, the only thing that happens is something that benefits him. Yeah. Like, there's never a time where he lies and it's a bad thing for him. This is the only time he lies and it helps him escape. What's the morality play here, Disney? (laughs) Sometimes lying solves your problems. What are we doing? So he and Jiminy Cricket get out, and then they're immediately picked up by a weird wagon full of dirt children. Yeah, the collector grabs them. Yeah, it's the child catcher from uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. And he's Luke Evans, for some reason. Yes. Who was Gaston in in the live-action Beauty and the Beast. Right. And this is... And they're heading to Pleasure Island. Yes, and this is supposed to be like the, the, the stress of peer pressure, because... Pinocchio says something like, 
I I don't want to to go. I need to go to my father and all this other stuff. And the collector stops the wagon and is like, well, either we all go or we don't all go. So it's up to you, Pinocchio. Do we all go home or do we go to Pleasure Island? Yeah. And uh, Pinocchio's like, I guess we go to Pleasure Island because all these kids really want to go to Pleasure Island. Oh, this is also a whole song, by the way. Oh, yes. This is done in There is actually a song here. Uh, It is longer than When You Wish Upon a Star. Yes. Uh, But this is like also the fourth time that Pinocchio's head spins all the way around. Like The Exorcist. Like The Exorcist. And he's a puppet that is literally possessed by a soul. Yeah. So, what's the implication here? Like, Disney, throughout this entire film, makes clear, unintentional implications of horrible things. I was like, you really need to stop invoking the exorcist here. (laughs) Like, please? No? All right. You think it's funny? Um, so they go to Pleasure Island, and my next note is, it's Matilda, but bad. It reminds me of the Revolting Children number from Matilda, the musical, Mm -hmm. Uh, but bad. But, like, less well thought out. Yeah. And Pleasure Island, all the kids kind of, like, go nuts, wanton destruction. And this whole sequence is so CGI and joyless. Like, all I could picture was, like, these kids are in a room with a green screen and mm-hmm. some props, maybe. Okay, I'm going I'm to do my best to explain what happens on this ride. Okay. Yeah, because he's on a boat. It almost looks like they're hoping to make this a ride yeah. later on. They're on, like, a log flume. And then as they're going down this, like, narrow part of the log flume, the collector comes out and is like, hey, here's some root beer. He, like, he literally pops out of the floor. He's like, hey... Here's some root beer for you. Have fun. Drink as much as you want. <laughs> the log flume then gets picked up by a Ferris wheel. Yeah. And it becomes a Ferris wheel. And there's like a child just kind of like walking on it. Like very dangerous. Yeah. Uh, the Ferris wheel then throws off the boat that they're on and they go to Candy Mountain. Candy Mountain. <laughs> We're on a bridge, Charlie. And it's like this slalom. And they're just like going through and they're like grabbing candy and stuff like that. And Pinocchio's like, I don't feel great about this. And the whole time they're going through this, they're also showing like uh, kids at the smash and grab or the shop and lift. Yes. The shop and lift where they're just like taking things. And uh, there's also just like... A place where you can say rude things. Yeah. <laughs> and, like the, they're holding the signs. The contempt corner. Yeah, yeah. All this stuff. And then it circles back around and <laughs> the collector pops up again. He's like, I hope you're having fun, Pinocchio. Here's more root beer. And then I think he thought they were going to call cut because he just kind of like awkwardly lays down <laughs> to get out of the shot. Yeah, to like get back in the trap door. Like, Wait, what is this? So... This is actually a big problem to me because in the film, in the, I keep saying in the film, in the film, this is a movie that was a, the 1940s one was a film. Yeah. Uh, in the 1940 Pinocchio, they're drinking beer mm-hmm. and smoking cigars. Cigars, yeah. So it was supposed to be a parable about 
the dangers of smoking and drinking mm-hmm. and truancy. This it's just don't eat candy or break stuff. Or, yeah. But nothing is clear enough for any of these to be a logical cause and effect. Yeah. Uh, like, kids set off fireworks. I'm like, realistically, one of these kids would be dead. Yeah, the fact that, no, like, you, at some point in this, someone would have died. And the kids would stop having fun because there's a dead body. Yeah. Based on what's happening here. But yeah, in the cartoon version of this, it's kids being disobedient. In this, it's kind of like the kids get to do the things they want. Like, have candy and drink as much soda as they want. And that's the bad thing. Yeah, like, they're comparing smoking and drinking Mm -hmm. to went ham at the Chuck E. Cheese birthday party. Yeah, like, and there's never a, these are fine in moderation parable. No. It's very simply like, oh, this is what happens when you have too much fun. Yeah, don't have fun. Uh... And then we get into clock stoppers and kids smashing cuckoo clocks that look a lot like the ones Geppetto made. And Pinocchio is very upset because he yeah. misses his dad. Uh, also, I have a note about Luke Evans reemerges and I want to enjoy my job as much as Luke Evans is clearly enjoying his job. Luke right. Evans is having a really good time, guys. Like, I will say, he's, ha- he's here for a good time. And then Pleasure Island turns into the island from Lost. This sounds weird, right? Yeah, because it is. Uh, Smoke monsters appear and start, like, picking up the children. Well, they're picking up donkeys. Yes, they're picking up the donkeys. We know because we've existed on this earth for a certain amount of time what the donkeys are, but they haven't revealed it in the film yet. So we're in the pool hall, and it's Lampwick and Pinocchio, because Pinocchio's been sitting with a kid named Lampwick the whole time. Mm -hmm. And the two of them are having a chat, and Lampwick kicks Jiminy Cricket down a drain. Yes. So Jiminy falls into H-E double hockey sticks. Because, mm-hmm. you know, hockey sticks were really common in whatever century Italy. Yeah. And he sees the falling donkeys and the smoke monsters and realizes what's going on, and the donkeys are going to be shipped mm-hmm. to the salt mines, because they're, it's put on the, crate, on the crate, shipped to salt mines. This plan seems impractical. Yeah. Logically, some of these people would notice their children missing. Mm -hmm. And also, how expensive are donkeys, really? I bet they are cheaper than magic Ferris wheels. Yeah. Like, I was like, if everything in Pleasure Island is free, if you could just charge people to go here, it's an insane place. Like, donkeys probably cost less than cuckoo clocks. Yep. That are being destroyed. It made way more sense when you were just giving kids beer and cigars. Because yep. that is something that an adult might have access to. Could slip a child and then sell a donkey for a hundred times the profit. <laughs> yes. But Pleasure Island was so cool that if I turned into a donkey afterwards, I still might go. Okay. Honestly. Like, I want you to look at this amazing amusement park. You get to spend one day in that, but then you get turned into a donkey. That's a pretty cool day, though. I I wouldn't. 
I, I wouldn't personally. I, it, I, I'd have to think about it at least. And if, you know what? If I was an eight-year-old boy. Oh, yeah. If you've no thought of... <laughs> yeah. Oh, of permanency? Yeah. One thing I do want to point out. There are girls at Pleasure Island. Yes. Which is a departure from the original film. And a fine one. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, Noah then yells, time for some body horror. Yes. Because Lampwick panics and starts to turn into a donkey and begs Pinocchio for help as he fully transforms in shadow, screaming for his mother. I mean, we see more of it in this film than you do in the cartoon. In the cartoon, it's done all in shadow. In this, we see like the boy trying to continue to talk as his head becomes a donkey. And he's, his last words are screaming for his mother. Yeah. I want to point out, this is more comeuppance than we have seen Stromboli get. This is more comeuppance than we've seen Honest John get. This is more comeuppance than we've seen Gideon get. It's 100% true. Um, and spoilers, this is more comeuppance than we will see the coachman get. Yeah. Luke Evans' character. I don't... Do we see him get any comeuppance? No! <laughs> We also don't see Lampwick get better. No, he's a donkey now. But his last act as the coachman and the smoke monsters descend on the pool hall is to <laughs> kick a table, to kick the pool table into the doorway uh, to try to protect Pinocchio. So his last act is one it's of kindness. one. Why are there smoke monsters? <laughs> and then Jiminy Cricket goes... So frustrated. Cricket, Jiminy Cricket goes... We're doomed. And Pinocchio goes, no, we're not. Positive thinking. Where did you learn that? (laughs) No one taught you positive thinking ever. Nothing but horrible things have ever happened to you. You've never been lucky. Ever. (laughs) It's also worth noting that when they say that, they're standing on a cliff. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) He goes, positive thinking. And then jumps off the cliff. I go, my body will be dashed upon these rocks. So, um, the next shot is Pinocchio and Jiminy Cricket just showing up at Geppetto's house. (laughs) Like, we don't find out much about that. Like, oh, we're back. Geppetto's not there and the clocks are gone. And the seagull's like, yo, he went to sea. He sold all his clocks and just sailed on a boat. Why? This is so important to me that we talk about this. When Pinocchio gets home, we we do. I think we missed a, a little scene where uh, Sophia the seagull gives a flyer to Geppetto, so he's trying to get to Pleasure Island. Yeah. Uh, but what is implied here is Geppetto sells all of his clocks and then takes all of his money and buys a boat so he can save Pinocchio. Geppetto had famously not wanted to sell any of his clocks. That was established in the first scene. So there's a missing scene right here where Geppetto is desperately selling his clocks, going, please buy this clock. A puppet that I made became a human boy and is now lost at sea, and I have to buy a boat to go save him. And no one helps Geppetto. Think about the raving lunatic that he is right then, in that just that moment. And the person is just like, oh, finally I get to get by this clock. Yeah. I am starting to believe 
none of this happens. <laughs> that this is just the psychiatric breakdown of a senile old man. <laughs> and this is the saddest story ever. And this movie, to me, shares so much DNA with the 2017 Beauty and the Beast. Right down to, I kind of think about, like, how the village treated Maurice. Mm-hmm. And how, like, crazy old Maurice. And how they take the first chance they get to put him in La Maison de Lune. Mm-hmm. But, like, Geppetto has been like this. Yeah, like, they're like, Geppetto, what happened to the clock store? I was like, oh, he sold all of his clocks, and now he, and he bought a boat, and then we just he just went out to sea. Did anyone try to stop him? No. He was a weird old man we didn't want in our town anymore. Oh, yeah. He, also, he took the cat and the fish with him. <laughs> yes, while holding a fish. So, <laughs> they get to the coast, because now they're going to look for him. So frustrating. And uh, Fabiana and Sabina... And the rest of the puppet show turn up. They have a new puppet show that's treating everyone fairly. They overthrew Stromboli. Uh, so Stromboli, I guess, now has received some sort of consequence in oh, that... Oh, did you miss this? They overthrow him. He's in jail. Oh, well, good for him. They show a clip of him in jail that is less than a second long. I probably was taking notes and It's like, it. he's in jail now. And they cut to the door closing behind him. And Stromboli go- going, hey... And then that's over. That is all you see. Last night, the Carabinieri arrested Stromboli and put him in jail. Wow. <laughs> I was like, it, it almost looks like it's in the movie by accident. <laughs> it's like a weird jump cut to him in prison and then it just comes back. I'm, I, I love that you missed it. Because <laughs> I, I have it in my notes as a blink and you missed it moment. <laughs> yeah, or take notes and you missed it moment. So, uh, oh, it, Pinocchio also has a donkey tail and ears, which is really yeah, important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not that important. And he says, like, he can't join the new marionette family theater uh, because he has to go find his father. And they say, like, oh, you're wise and good. And it heals his tail and ears and reverts him back to his normal form. And then Fabiana, through Sabina the puppet, hugs him. And as they retreat, we hear two voices say goodbye. Please give my best to your father. And mine too. When, when you, you find, find him. Yes. So is the puppet alive? Uh-huh. Not Pinocchio. <laughs> the other puppet. I'm so frustrated with this film. <laughs> like, I, this is... This is pull your hairs out frustrating. What are you trying to say with your film? So Sophia offers to airlift only Jiminy Cricket because she can lift Jiminy. Yes. She cannot lift Pinocchio. So Pinocchio just water skis as she flies because she can drag him. Yeah. Apparently. So they find Tom Hanks stranded in the ocean on a boat. Where have I seen this before? Yeah. <laughs> and then we establish the unthinkable. The fact that he didn't have Wilson, like, the fact that they didn't also include that Easter egg <laughs> is, such, is so disappointing. So, so then what happens is they see each other and establish the unthinkable. 
about 24 hours have passed. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, Pinocchio describes his entire day and <laughs> Tom Hanks Geppetto goes, You did all that in one day? Goodness, I haven't done a fraction of that in my whole life. Which just got, just made me mad. Yeah. (laughs) Just like, this is so frustrating. Then, about as abruptly as this note, they get eaten. They get eaten by Monstro. Monstro, a sea monster. Uh, Sophia and Jiminy do not get eaten. No. Only Geppetto, Pinocchio, the cat, and the goldfish. Yes. So they're in, it's it's like a whale with tentacles. Yeah. It's Monstro. And inside, there's bioluminescence. They're in an avatar whale. Yes. I'm going to be honest. I, I tune out for a minute here. Because this part's boring. Nothing really of note happens here. It's just they start a fire and then they get out. Oh, I have Pinocchio builds a whale bomb. Yes. With the whale oil. And he rubs his feet together again to make fire. And then does a Black Widow superhero landing. Yeah. And stupid. All, like, all, my only note here is CGI noise happens. They escape the whale, nothing matters. Then we have Tom Hanks on part of the boat, and it's so transparently he's sitting on a boat prop in front of a green screen. It looks like crap. Yeah. I I must say that uh, we have this shot of Pinocchio over, like, a rock on this beach that they are washed up on, it's identical to the end of Blood Drive. No. The end of Blood Drive, which unfortunately I haven't got had time to record the last episode of that. I know it was supposed to be out by now. It'll be out soon. Everybody calm down. But at the end of Blood Drive, it's just a character washed up on a beach in the exact same pose. And I was like, oh, it's Blood Drive. I'll try to put... I can't put them side by side because there's nudity in Blood Drive, but you can find it. (laughs) I'll tweet it. (laughs) So, the boat splits, whatever, who cares? Pinocchio somehow rescues Geppetto. Figaro and Cleo are fine? Uh, And Geppetto's dead. Yeah. And then there's a great... There's an amazing shot. Best shot of the film. Figaro surfs in on the ocean on the rim of Cleo's bowl. Yes. It's great. No notes. Yeah. It's clearly a pop figure. Yes. <laughs> that they're going to try to sell. And then uh, Pinocchio begs Geppetto not to die. And you know there's a parent somewhere going like, did this happen to the Did this happen to the animated mm-hmm. one? Oh, crap. And then Pinocchio, with all of the effort of a real child actor cries one real tear mm-hmm. and holy shit it's the end of Tangled yeah except it takes too long and Pinocchio it looks like Pinocchio doesn't really succeed mm-hmm. like when Rapunzel heals Flynn it's pretty quick yeah uh, Geppetto wakes up cause Pinocchio proved himself brave honest unselfish and then we get the weird ending I want to hear your thoughts on the ending before I lose my mind. So I'm going to go ahead and put my hand over my mouth because I have a lot of, lot to say about this ending. So it ends and they walk off into the sunset, puppet and weird old dude. And Jiminy Cricket goes, kind of does a monologue about like, that's how everything happened. And 
Some stories say he was a real boy, some blah, blah, blah. And in the last shot, you can kind of see Pinocchio's legs start to change into human, Mm -hmm. but it's left intentionally fairly ambiguous. And I think that's really funny. Not like a good, like, this was well done way. Ghoulish, ha ha ha, this is crap funny. Why are you mad, Noah? I need you to listen to the words, okay? Jiminy Cricket does in fact say, was Pinocchio a real boy? He was transformed into an honest-to-goodness real boy. Did that actually happen? Who knows? And Pinocchio, after waking up Geppetto, says, Do you know the way? We'll follow that light. This is heavily implying that Geppetto dies. This is heavily implying whether or not Pinocchio is real, whether he really existed, whether he was a boy or just a puppet, is up for us to decide. These were the dying moments of a crazy old man. I think there is intentional implications here. That none of this happened. And this is a crazy old man's last day on Earth before he died at sea looking for a puppet. Because if you look at the last shot, and I just pulled this up for you. The last shot does imply he turns human. Yes. But it's pretty blink and you miss it. Yes. It's almost like he spent his, his last day of his life with a fake puppet. And then at the last moment, the spirit of his actual son Comes guided him into heaven. Oh my God! What is this movie? Oh, if that's not intent, if that's not what the message is, what were they doing? And then, in the most crushing moment of this film as I'm having a breakdown as I'm realizing what this film is showing I scream Robert Zemeckis no (laughs) this was directed by Robert Zemeckis the director of Back to the Future did this he did this to me so You know what's real fun about this? Nothing. The credits are also in this incredibly dated, weird 90s typeface. And something about that just shows how little effort certain parts of this movie were given. Yeah. Like they were just like, oh my God, credits. Ugh, Katie, can you just like run something through? No, no, we're not doing like Avengers style cool CGI stuff. Just literally just credits. Literally just credits. And I can't remember the last family film I saw that had just credits from the word go. They usually do something cool for the first like minute or two where they're doing the actors and the title card. And then like all the tech people get the boring credits. How you doing now? I hate this movie. <laughs> but like, I'm so fascinated by it because 
The word I keep using for it is frustrating mm-hmm. because all these feelings and emotions that are, are that are coming out of me come from this place of like, I feel like there's something I'm supposed to be getting here. Yeah. And I, I feel like they're just doing it wrong. But like, if you take the points that are being made and actually put them together, it just makes a horrible picture. Yep. And like, the idea that either you don't get it or you get it and are horrified is such a terrible way to make a film. Yes. Uh, I also just kind of like, I want to talk about the fact that Pinocchio, the the cartoon, is a 1940s cartoon. Yes. Which means that Pinocchio the story was like public domain in 1940, so Disney could use it. So this story is from what era? (laughs) It's like, when was Pinocchio written? The... Novel by Carlo Collodi was published in February 1883, according to a quick Google. 1883. Yes, although it appears to have been published as a novel in 1883 and was done in the way a lot of 19th century stories were as a series of magazine stories. To me, it is very clear that this was written in a time where a big part of parenting was lying to children. And scaring them, yes. And scaring, like, don't do this, a dibbick will get you. You know, that type of parenting. Like, don't... Krampus. Yeah, Krampus will come and get you. Don't smoke, you'll turn into a donkey. Like, that, those type of lessons. Like, I feel like the lessons that someone watching or reading this as a child would get is, don't lie, your nose grows. Don't smoke, you turn into a donkey. Obey your parents. They keep you safe. If you don't obey your parents, you end up being thrown into a cage and stuff like that. That is the way lessons were taught back then. Yeah. Like, the the idea of, like, I forget where I get Dybbuk. I think Dybbuk is, is, is a, uh, I got from Rugrats. Okay. The Dybbuk will get you is something that, like... Uh, I don't remember this. Something Dee Dee's parents say to Angelica, I believe. Because I, I believe it's Jewish folklore, the Dybbuk. That would sound, I mean, that that would make sense. I don't know off the top of my head. But, like, I think back to the things my grandmother told me. Have you, you ever, do you know what, a, like, a, like a June bug is? Yeah. Have you ever heard them referred to as sewing bugs? No. My grandmother called them sewing bugs. They would sew your mouth shut when you swore. So... Like, if you said a bad word and then you saw one of those, you'd cover your mouth because you didn't want to get your mouth sewn shut. My grandmother was also the don't make a funny face, it'll stay that way. You ever get that one? I got that one, but I never got it as an actual warning. It was more of like almost a bit of your face is going to freeze like that. No, no, I remember like... It was never like a serious warning. Yeah, if, if you got patted on the back or if the wind blew. Or something. Your face would freeze like that. Huh. Yeah. And like that type of parenting doesn't really exist anymore. Where you get a child to do something by terrifying them out of it. 
And to me, Pinocchio has no place in our society now. Like, if you're going to retell Pinocchio, you need to reinvent it. Yeah, and from what I understand, the Guillermo del Toro does. It it must. We have not watched it because it was good. Yeah, (laughs) that's not where we go with our lives. And we also didn't want to watch it before watching this, and we Mm. knew we kind of had a good theory that we were going to have to watch this. Do you want to guess uh, what the Rotten Tomato score on this thing was? 23. A little higher. A little higher, really? Yeah. 27? A little higher. 30? Lower. 29? Nope. 28? Yeah. All right. So, yeah. um, I'm... In this weird position now, where I have to ask our audience, (laughs) hey, this movie that I hate and I think is really terrible, I kind of need you to watch it and tell me if you think it is meant to be, with purpose, the story of Geppetto's last day on Earth. I don't think it is, personally. I totally see your interpretation. It's Um, follow the light. That, that, those words are what's bothering me. Oh, I I completely understand. I think this was just a poorly done, tone deaf. Robert Zemeckis really likes CGI. It's a toy. If CGI had existed in the 80s, Back to the Future would look like crap. Mm. But like, I think he, because Robert Zemeckis' Polar Express Robert Zemeckis is the bad Christmas Carol from 2009. I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah, he hasn't really done so great with movies where CGI is a major component because there's this over-reliance on CGI in in this film particularly. And it just, nothing looks good. Nothing looks right. Oh God, he also produced Mars Needs Moms. We just, we need to step away. Robert, please. Just make a film. Just a normal film. He's made some normal films. Uh, Oh, God, he was the bad Beowulf. He was the bad CGI Beowulf. Oh, Robert. Robert, please. Just back away from CGI, bud. Like, looking through everything else you've done, just back away from CGI. Yeah, get back to just telling cool stories. You have a lot of cool movies, even recent ones. But, like, just back away, bud. The the over-reliance on CGI. Nothing looks good. Nothing looks right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really don't like these Disney remakes. I have not seen most of them. The ones I have seen, I've been thoroughly unimpressed by. So I've not felt the need to uh, contribute more of my life to them. I'm trying to think if I've seen any of them other than Pinocchio. I, I saw Beauty and the Beast without you. Yeah. I didn't see Beauty and the Beast. I did not see Aladdin. I did not see Dumbo. Yeah, I refused to see Dumbo. Refused to see Dumbo. I don't particularly like Dumbo, and you know what I really didn't want to see? Tim Burton Dumbo. Right. Come uh, a little over Tim Burton. But I, I remember I said I I've probably said it on this podcast, so I'm I will repeat it now. I'm okay with these remakes because it's going to lead to a live action Little Mermaid, which will look awesome. We hope. We hope. And there's already so much controversy around that film. I was bummed at the trailer for that film. Uh, And I have a very solid reason why. It looked very desaturated. 
Mm-hmm. And I wanted it to be brighter. Yeah. The greens, the purples, the reds. I wanted the colors in the sea to be brighter. Yeah. Because Little Mermaid's such a vibrant film. Exactly. That's what I wanted in the trailer. And by the way, we have no issue with who the actress is. Yeah, Jesus, <laughs> Just, no. just want to um, state that. But I remember the first time I saw the trailer just screaming, it doesn't look like she's underwater. It looks like Little Mermaid's Island. <laughs> yeah, like I want it to look vibrant under the sea. Because that's the whole point. Like, the whole song Under the Sea is like, look how bright everything yeah. is. Look how awesome being under the sea is. Grazie why would you always greener. Like, why would you want to leave? It's cool down here. Yeah. Uh, so I, I I hope that they do Little Mermaid just... I know that's the one you've been really hoping for. I, was, I thought it would look really cool, but, like, all they really do... I did kind of like Cinderella. shake her hair a little. I did kind of like Cinderella. I, um... I didn't see Lion King. I refused to see Lion King. I just didn't care. I like John Oliver, but I didn't bother. I mean, it was an incredible voice cast. Yeah. Uh, I just didn't like the photorealistic lions. Yeah. I would have rather they staged a pro shot of the musical with that cast. I'd much rather see that. I'd rather see puppets. And I'd rather see, like, you know, give me, like, you know... Let me let me check. At this point, we know that the abilities of CGI are limitless. Do the same thing with puppets, and I'll actually be impressed. Yeah, like I just let me watch Donald Glover and Beyonce sing "Can You Feel the Love Tonight" in beautiful costumes. Because like there are parts where this movie does not look good. Like a lot of the parts where it's Geppetto in the boat in Monstro's mouth. Yeah. It's very clear that they just filmed Tom Hanks on a boat and then in premiere made him really, really small and then made a big wave around him. It's so bad. Oh, I did not like this film. No. Uh, So stay doomed. Yeah, stay doomed. I, I admittedly don't like most of the Disney remakes. I, they make money, bless them. But I I just don't care for most of them. I think they over-rely on CGI. I think there's ways to do them well. But I think that... Like, Beauty and the Beast, I think, would have looked better if Cogsworth and Lumiere were elaborate animatronic puppets. Disney, you have the money to do these well. Exactly. Uh, Also, while you're at it, just kick over the money to get Bean Bunny the puppet rebuilt. Yeah, for crying out loud. I will say... I feel like there's a really good chance this is getting my vote when we vote for the Razzies. Yeah. Because this is like, it's going to be really hard for me not to vote for Tom Hanks in this film because I couldn't understand it. Oh yeah. He might be getting worst actor. Yeah. Which is crushing because I love Tom Hanks. Uh, But it's the, the re this is like a real sin. This is like a real, like, we took a treasured classic and just made it. I don't understand how they took the songs out, and this is still a half hour longer than the cartoon. And I still felt like nothing happened. Like, it's so bad. So one of the things that Pinocchio has working against it, just by the nature of what it is, is since it was released episodically in a magazine, episodes, each of these things is a self-contained story. You know, that makes a lot of sense. In his journey... Because the whole Stromboli sequence would have just been one story in one month. And that's how a lot of things were published. Because last night when we were talking about it off mic, you said, 
Uh, they clearly hadn't figured out how to write a story yet. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, it was public. I was like, I wonder why that is. And then when I looked at it and saw it was done in the magazine format, I was like, there we are. Yeah. But yeah, I just, I didn't care for this. I, I was a little gleeful in how much I didn't like it, which I usually wouldn't be. But this is so soulless and so clearly a cash grab. Mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of guilt. Yeah. Like when it's somebody's passion project, I feel a little bad. Mm-hmm. This stuff, I'm like, I don't have that much guilt yeah. over this. Th- this is this is in that category of film along with like the remake to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory with Johnny Depp, where like clearly the thought process was, you know what would make us a lot of money? This. Like there's it doesn't come from a place of like, oh, we need to show this to modern audiences. It's just like, well, the last couple made money. Let's do Pinocchio. Yeah, like they have Snow White in the pipeline. They have Little Mermaid in the pipeline. Uh, I think there are a few others. Those are just the two I can think of. I'm sure they're going to do all of them. Yeah, and I, I'm hoping Little Mermaid is good. I know Lin-Manuel Miranda is writing new songs to add to it, mm-hmm. but not subtract. Uh, out of them, I do think uh, Little Mermaid has the best potential to be good. Yes. What, what they should do is don't do the classics. Like, if you want to be like, we're going to do some live-action versions, do the, like, the hidden gems. Do Emperor's New Groove. Do... Black the, Cauldron. Do Black Cauldron. Do the Aristocats. Why not? Great Mouse Detective, you cowards. That's not a bad idea. I love Great Mouse Detective. That's not a bad idea at all. I really love Great Mouse Detective. <sighs> oh, all right, so, so that's going to do it for this episode. Stay doomed. Uh, next week... Uh, we will be watching Good Morning. Yes. Because we need something chill. <laughs> yeah. Not something that's making me question what happened. And uh, we may have we may have a surprise in that particular episode. Yeah, it should be very, very exciting. Also, want to send out a special thank you to Matthew for being a fantastic patron. Thank you for being a fantastic patron. If you want to be a pa- patron uh, and uh, get these episodes a little early, they're not really scheduled to be early, but sometimes they're early, and also get to talk to us on our super cool Discord, check us out at patreon.com slash plus two comedy. Where can people find us, Laura? You can email us at thestaydoomedshow at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. And if you want to talk to me about the existential nightmare that is Pinocchio, I'm at Plus Two Comedy. If you also really like The Great Mouse Detective, I'm at Priorities. Until next time, stay doomed.